Fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And the best way to level up both your mental and your physical fitness is by making small but powerful changes to your daily habits and routines. With this podcast, I aim to bring you a combination of short educational solo casts and slightly longer conversations I've had with a wide variety of fascinating people. The goal? To help you develop a lifestyle which supports your mental and physical fitness and improves your overall quality of life. My name is Jay Unwin. Welcome to FitBody FitMind. Today I have with me Jack Gerard, and normally at this point I I introduce why I've brought them on and I introduce a little bit of their story. But you know what? With Jack, I am going to let him do that himself because he's got quite a unique story. Jack, how are you doing today, mate? I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Jay, for having me on the show first and foremost. Um, mate, yeah, it's an things are pleasure. things are good. Things good are stuff. good. So. What I'd, what I'd love to know a bit more about is obviously I know a, a, a tiny bit about your story, but why don't you fill the guys in who are listening uh, as to as to what your unique fitness story is? So I, it's difficult for me like trying to get into it because there's quite a few different elements to it. But I think the most obvious place to start is um, I've been to the gym every single day for over 1,200 days consecutively um which even to me as i continue to go down this journey and this path it's starting to get a bit crazy and i was saying to jay as well just before we jumped on the call i've stopped kind of counting the the actual days now because it's just getting a bit much but but beyond that and one of the main reasons why i really wanted to jump on here as well is uh for me mental mental health and mental fitness is is tied as much together um in my life as physical fitness and physical health and um i think as well in terms of talking about consistency and habit change and stuff like that i have a few gems to share so i look forward to getting getting into it absolutely no that's ideal that's exactly what we love um I just every time I hear you say 1200 days consecutively it just blows my mind because i mean it's it, how did that start? Like, did you did you go into that with the plan of doing a, a, a crazy amount of consecutive days, um, or or did it just kind of start rolling and you stuck with it? Like, how did that happen? So this is really where kind of the the mental health um, aspect comes into it. So when I began this journey, it was back in 2017. 2017 was a particularly difficult um, year for me. At the start of that year, my my father suddenly passed away. Um, a few months after his funeral, um, my girlfriend left me. I had a, a cancer scare that year as well, and I attempted to take my life. So I was wow. really, really at rock bottom, um, and I needed, I desperately, desperately needed to do something to make a change. Um, and so I set myself the goal of going to the gym every single day for 90 days. Okay. And I don't I don't know why, one, I set myself the goal of going to the gym or why I set myself the goal of going for 90 days or every single day, but it really has just compounded from there um, when I started approaching that 90-day window and I realised I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there. Um, I was just like, I have, to, I have to double this up because being where I was at that period in time being so low and so lost and you know without hope I realized that it's a vehicle for me to be able to build momentum and make progress 
Wow, that is a powerful story, mate. And I think I can really, I can see where you're coming from in in terms of in terms of that background and that series of events through 2017, which were obviously devastating. And you know, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that you that you went through all of that. Um, it's 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 tough, and I feel that from my own kind of struggles in the past and and uh, my own ups and downs it i found that when you focus back in on the things that you have control over then sometimes that gives us when we're feeling so out of control we're feeling so lost like you said if we find something that we can control if we find something that we can that we can have that um have that certainty in in amongst all the uncertainty it can give us something to hold on to and it can give us a bit of hope perhaps i mean is is that kind of is that kind of how you felt when you started doing it without question you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head i don't think i realized it at that period of time um but i was completely out of control of yeah. of my life at that time you know literally everything that I thought was my life had just crumbled to pieces. Um, and so by doing this, um, this process of going to the gym every single day, it gave me a window, it gave me a period of time. It might have been an hour, it might have been two hours of every single day where I felt like I was in control. And kind of elaborating a little bit more on that because I've tried as best as I can to be introspective with this process. I've realized that in general, and especially from the experiences that I had at that point in time, I realized we really don't have any control over the majority of things that do happen to us, but we always have a choice in terms of how we respond to it. And one of the main things that I really started to to double down on was the fact that I, I feel like there's three ways that we can respond to any negative situation. And okay. that's in the role of, of the victor, and that's doing, you know, the best that you could possibly do in that scenario, you know, being as loving and, and kind as you can and, and always looking for the long-term gain. Yep. You can play the role of the victim, which is where you kind of let the situation get the better of you and you cower, or the role of the villain. And that's that's the way that I've, I've tried to always look at situations now. And as you said, it just helps to give you a lot more control over your life because you realise even when you are backed into a corner, you still have some sort of manoeuvrability. It's it's fascinating to me how the release of control and the the fact that you can uh, I think I think that we we sometimes try and control too many too many things which are variables in our lives and we we start thinking that we have um, you know much more much more power than we actually do and the point where you realise that you don't have as much control somehow is empowering in its own way because when you when you when you relinquish the control of the things you which which are outside your your influence you can focus in on the things which are inside your influence and so it's it's a funny one because it it seems like a contradiction but accepting that life is for the most part chaotic <laughs> rather than it being um kind of scary and uh and all of those kind of i guess all that side of it it can be it can be empowering and it can be that realization that you know what yes that people are going to make decisions which affect me and i cannot change those decisions there's also a huge element of chance and some people like to talk about 
oh, you know, there's no such no such thing as luck and all of this kind of stuff. And you hear it a lot in kind of business circles and you hear it a lot in fitness circles where it's like, you know, you've you've achieved what you've achieved because you've because uh, you've worked for it, right? And and I get that and I I absolutely agree that that plays a part, but the there is a huge amount of chance which uh, which is involved in that journey as well. And I think, yeah, I think what, what you're talking about there where you kind of go, right, you know what, this stuff is not my fault. It's not stuff that I've caused to happen and there will it will continue to be that way throughout life. There will be loads of stuff which I can't control, but what I can control, like you said, is my response to it. It reminds me very much when you're talking about it. I, I, I love Stoic philosophy and it sounds so much mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you've been reading a bit of that. <laughs> A little bit, a little bit. I, I mean, I, I've, I think I've realised like through this process that a lot of the the principles that I kind of adhere to are are grounded in stoicism. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, I definitely, definitely agree with you in terms of it. And it is such a strange one to to explain to people if they haven't gone through that process as well. Of the more that you give room and space to life to to accept the fact that it's going to be chaotic. Yeah. The more powerful you do become because yeah. you realize you're not you no longer waste your energy yes and you no longer you no longer attribute losses to yourself that should not be applied to yourself so in a situation where everything goes wrong you can actually sit back and just be like oh okay you know i mean that's just life life is yeah, gonna yeah, happen yeah, yeah. but but now now that things have gone wrong it's my responsibility this is the time actually where i do have the control to step up and change how i i, I deal with that scenario so it is it's, it's really interesting i think that a lot of people confuse uh fault and responsibility when they're kind of mm. thinking about what happens in their life and and so like, I like that. That was an interested noise. That was that was yeah, a kind of I'm, oh yeah, I'm, here we go. I'm excited to get into this. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, I've, I mean, we're less than ten minutes in, buddy, and we're already going deep. And uh, this happens. This has happened with other conversations I've had with people, and it's like it sounds like it's like a Saturday night after a couple of glasses of wine and like um, uh, maybe a joint or two, and you're kind of yeah, like yeah. starting to get into existentialism. <laughs> and you're like, actually, it's it's just after lunch on a Thursday. Um, <laughs> but this this kind of idea of blame versus responsibility the when when people uh when something happens in your life it seems that most people conflate those two terms and they believe that they mean the same thing so if you take responsibility for something it must mean it's your fault right or uh, by the same token if you feel like it's not your fault that it's happened then it's also not your responsibility Mm. and so it can go one of two ways you can either have a, a, a situation where the person uh, takes no responsibility for things that are outside their control, right? So something happens, it was someone else's decision, it was someone else's choice, it was chance, whatever, but it wasn't that individual person's, um, it, they didn't cause it. So they go, well, it's not my responsibility. And then on the other side of it, you'll have people who will take responsibility, but at the same time, they'll they'll blame themselves for it happening. So they'll say, because I have to take responsibility for this, I it's my fault. And yeah. some prime examples of this would be um, things like abusive relationships, or it might be um, when you are in a car accident that's not your fault, or you might be uh, it, like these kind of things, right? So if you're in a car accident and someone someone just hammers into you, um, they drive out of a junction and it's not your fault at all, uh, and 
if that happens, yes, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to sort it, right? Um, if you're in an abusive relationship, then it's not your fault that that's happened to you. However, it's your life and therefore there's there's responsibility for you to take there. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, you know. I, I would never want to do that. But the sometimes people in in the car crash scenario would say well it's not my fault so it's not my responsibility to sort out so yeah but it's still your fucking car right Mm -hmm. you've got to you've got to fix it even though it wasn't your fault and in the relationship scenario often people think if they're if they're the abused in a relationship they think it's their fault they Mm -hmm. they think it's their fault that that's happened to them and that's not the case at all and so this this confusion of the two terms has become quite problematic i think and once you separate them out and go fault and responsibility are two separate things um you know health for example if we t- if we bring this back to fitness because we're we're delving into philosophy yeah, we really are delving we into really it. are um, <laughs> but if we if we bring it back to fitness because i find that fitness and philosophy go hand in hand quite a lot and the idea that your health certain things are not going to be your fault you don't have 100 percent control over your health because injuries can happen illnesses and infections can happen um genetic diseases can happen like things that you've inherited there's certain things we can do to limit risk but we cannot remove the risk and so we might develop something which which isn't our fault however it's still our responsibility to keep ourselves as healthy as we can, right? Um, I feel like I've gone off on a massive tangent. Do, like, does this make sense? <laughs> that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense to me. And and this really is is one of those key gems that I think that we, we've just touched on. Um, it's so dangerous. It's very, very, very dangerous to confuse fault and responsibility for being the same thing. It, the main The main reason why I think especially is because you know, it's in, in a lot of situations, if you take extreme ownership and you are, extre- you, you know, you absorb all responsibility for the situation, but understanding that that doesn't necessarily um, mean that you're admitting fault for that situation, you give yourself the opportunity to learn and to grow. Um, and I think a lot of time, at least speaking from, from myself, in those moments where I don't want to admit fault, I then kind of step away from those situations a little bit more because I don't want to have to deal with all the drama that comes from admitting that something's my fault. But yep. but at least in, in, in being responsible, because as you said, the most important thing I think that you said there was it's your life. Yep. It's always going to be your life. So no matter what happens, um, ensuring that you are responsible for your own life is imperative. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it is important also to, to acknowledge when it is your fault. <laughs> I've just realised that. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Some of the some of the shit like is your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And as well as can, as I think the more the more objective we can be about any of this stuff, if we can, and this is so hard to do in the moment. I mean, you were talking about reflecting back on where you were in 2017, and how at the time you didn't really see it. You didn't really. Um, when you're in amongst it it's really hard to to reflect in the moment right it's really difficult because you've got all the emotions going on and i think that with practice it can get easier it's never going to be it's never going to be easy it's never going to be simple necessarily either but the um the better we can get at almost taking ourselves out of the scenario that we're in and seeing it from almost like an out of body experience or kind of like 
if this was happening to someone else, what would my opinion be? What would my thoughts be? How would I, how would I um, kind of, if someone, if someone in this situation asked me for advice, what advice would I give? And just seeing it from that kind of 10,000 foot view where you're like, right, I can see the lay of the land a bit better. Because when you're in amongst it, it's really hard. It it's is. really hard to see. It and is. the more objective we can be about it, we can maybe accept blame and accept fault for the things which are our fault we can see more clearly where things aren't our fault but are still our responsibility we can get a much better picture it's much easier in hindsight right it's much easier to sit here three years later and be able to see that stuff but do you think that as you practice it can become a bit more automatic to do that kind of behavior Without question, and I think again, what we've what what you're touching on there is is kind of what I I discovered through this this um, this principle of trying to look at life through those three V's of yeah, the yeah. victor, the victim, or the villain, and it's it's seeing oh, okay, you know, what what version of myself could I potentially be in this scenario, or what yep. would you know the best version of myself, or or whatever it is, do to deal with this this situation, but definitely. Um, practicing that and kind of thinking about things whether it's in the moment or after a situation has taken place and really being introspective and saying did I do justice by myself because I think that's the most important thing a lot of the time we can um we can, we, we 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 don't act in our own best interests our own sure. true best interests yeah. because when we are acting in our own best our own best true interests, we're going to be acting in the best interests of everyone around us as well. We're not going to cut people short and whatnot. So definitely taking that time to sit back and um, to, to practice doing that, looking at even very simple situations and being like, did I do that the right way? And if you didn't, immediately putting your hands up and being like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have dealt with it this way. I should have dealt with it that way. And then that also gives room with whoever that particular person is to know that you're, you're constantly striving to, to kind of keep their interests at heart as, lo- as well as your own. Yeah, so it's like self-care as a selfless act rather than a selfish act. Yeah, it's, it's a look- weird one. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is because I think it's something that comes up time and time again where people feel that looking after themselves or putting themselves first mm. is a selfish act because you should be um, giving yourself to other people and giving your energy to other people. However, when you, again, look at it objectively and kind of break it down into its constituent parts and understand it a bit better, you see that, well, if you put yourself that far down the priorities list, you're you're not going to be able to show up as your best self for you know your friends your family your work colleagues or clients or your community or whatever you can't do that if you haven't looked after yourself and so if you think of it as going right i'm gonna and this is this is an ideal thing for people who struggle with that guilt right that struggle with that guilt who who think that they can't do things for themselves and you see it on all sides really you see it with um with blokes who kind of see themselves as the provider in a family for example um again i'm going to make sweeping generalizations now um but like men who have been conditioned on a societal level to see themselves as providers and they think well i have to go out and i have to work and i have to do this and i have to provide for my family and again it's a very um giving position to be in and then uh, a lot of women in a family unit who again societally have been conditioned to be the caregivers who again feel like they need to give that energy and so either side of it whatever and it doesn't matter whether you're a a 
a guy, a girl, or whatever, those same kind of um, feelings that, you, that, that, that that's what you should be doing apply. It just, the, the nuance is different. And so people don't look after themselves. But in fact, if they did, they would be a better husband, wife, partner, parent, work colleague, friend, human being in general right and if we can help people understand that actually it's 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 a giving act by looking after yourself perhaps maybe more people would uh be less afraid of it it's so again it's it's so interesting because it's kind of one of those backward scenarios where it doesn't yeah. really oh, yeah it doesn't really make sense but but yeah i definitely agree with you and i, I think one of one of my favorite quotes kind of o- around this situation is is to to always treat yourself like somebody you love i think a lot of the yep. time we don't do that we you know the way that we treat ourselves is not how we would ever go about treating the people around us our mothers our you know our partners we would never dream of treating them in, in no. that way no. and um you're 100% right jay the the more that we the more that we make ourselves a, a priority as long as it's coming from a selfless place and at, at, at the end of it, the better, because you can, as you said, show up as your best self for everybody and it will be effortless. You yeah. won't feel like people are draining your energy. So, yeah. Yeah, because you're recharging it as you go. Exactly. And it's funny because when you, when you, you talk about things being backwards, right, and there's that kind of concept throughout various philosophies and various religions of, you know, love thy neighbour, you know, treat your neighbour as you would like to be treated yourself and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, hang on, let's flip that on its head for a second because most people, yes, yeah. Not everyone. There are some assholes out there. We know this, right? There are there, but the vast majority, I believe, I'm 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 quite an optimist. I'm a pessimistic optimist, and so I've got like I've got I've got a great deal of optimism, and yes, it's tempered with reality and realism. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of humanity, I'm very optimistic. I mm-hmm. genuinely believe that the vast majority of people want to be good people. They, they, they do things with the best interest at heart. Even the people you come across who seem to be nasty pieces of work did not go out that morning saying, I'm going to be a nasty piece of work, right? They're, they're genuinely trying to do the best they can with the information they've got and the understanding and the experiences that they've had this far. And so there aren't many people out there who are genuinely, like, nasty, right? And, and so with, with that in mind, like you said we wouldn't treat other people like we treat ourselves we would not not just in terms of like self-care but in terms of the language we use in terms of the amount that we beat ourselves up about stuff and blame ourselves for stuff whereas if it was someone else we'd say oh you know don't worry and put our arm around them and look after them and we don't do that to ourselves so maybe Mm -hmm. like you're you're talking about um things being uh things being flipped backwards and upside down maybe the saying should be treat yourself as you would treat your neighbor (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very true. It is very true. And I think that's so important as well. Like um, the dialogue, the narrative that you have going on in your heads is to know where that balance is, where you're not being too harsh on yourself, but you're still kind of pushing yourself because, uh, yeah, you always need to be in your own corner. It's really, really important. And yeah. I think it does start from, you know, that 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 mental process. Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's a tricky one because we're so conditioned by our upbringing and by... Uh, the media and just society as a whole to kind of think and feel in a certain way and we've kind of got mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to unpick um, mm-hmm. in, in those ways we've got we've we've got a whole mishmash of all these threads running in every direction which don't necessarily serve us and it takes time and it takes effort and so the easy thing is to ignore it the easy thing is to is to escape uh, somehow rather than going inwards and it's something that I found in mm-hmm. fact like 2017 was a, was a tough year for me as well and um 
not to the not to the same extent as yours. You had some some vast challenges in the space of that year, which was which is is you know a a, a huge amount that you have had to deal with and, and overcome. Um, I had a, a, a burnout, if you like, where mm-hmm. my my health just bottomed out physically and mentally, and it had happened in the past, but. I'd always gone externally to find answers to that. And after the time it happened in 2017, I've gone more inwards to try and understand why it happened and to prevent it from happening again. And that's kind of helped me develop a philosophy which 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 I kind of live by now, but I also, uh, how I how I coach and the kind of message that I'm trying to get out is, is all based around me having to overcome and avoid going back to that place again. Um, and I think the when I when I went down into my own kind of emotional and psychological kind of bits and pieces where I I had stuff that needed sorting, it mm-hmm. was um, it was it was quite um, surprising how much there was to to unpick, right? And I think that everyone has this to a degree. And I think that I've actually had I've led a very blessed life. I've led I've been really really lucky, um, and. And yet, I still had all these layers of stuff. So there's other people out there who've got way more to deal with. And I think the more that we can develop a uh, community globally now, because we've got the connections that we never had before, but if we can develop a, a global community where people feel more able to, and more safe to be able to go in and unpick that stuff and yeah. and pull out these threads and understand why things are the way they are, um, then more people will be able to do that because I think that in general society doesn't really allow for that that much. Yes, I agree. I agree, and I, I think that's definitely something that I've, I've, one, I've experienced as I've, I've got older, and two, I feel like we're starting to see a little bit more of, of a cultural shift. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with that, which is great. Um, if we go back again, mate, like this is, it's not where I saw this conversation going. I'll be honest, mate. <laughs> Like when when you go when you when you chat to someone who's like yeah I've been to the gym for over twelve hundred days in a row, um, you don't think necessarily that you're going to have this kind of deep philosophical <laughs> kind of dialogue. So it's absolutely awesome. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this a lot. Uh, anyone who kind of knows me and anyone who's followed what I do and my um, you know listened to any of my uh, my podcasts so far or anyone who's kind of follow me for longer and watch videos that I've done and stuff like that it mm. tends to be they know how much I love this stuff so they'll be laughing they'll be laughing listening to this um, but if we take it back to the fitness stuff mm. um, I've had a couple of things which I was I was interested in in getting into because um, I'm a big fan of consistency I'm a big fan of daily routines the daily routines that I tend to uh, help people with and the daily routines I tend to focus on myself are tiny routines like tiny little routines going to the gym is a pretty big routine it, it's, it has a high what I call motivation cost right going for um, a walk around the block has quite a low motivation cost um, you know drinking a glass of water has quite a low motivation cost going to the gym for most people that's quite a big thing right um, how like there, there must have been days when oh, man. you haven't felt like doing that. Like, what what was it that kind of um, what was it that kept you going, or, or what still keeps you going now? When you have days where you just really do not want to do that that part of your routine, it's it's a lot easier now, um, Jay, than it was at the start. 
because I have the weight of momentum behind me and sure. obviously I don't want to break the streak. In the early days, it was fear. Um, it was the fear of of me trying to take my life again. It was the fear that life was just never going to get any better. Okay. Um, and that unto itself, like I, 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 I'm a big believer in being able to use negative emotions for a positive outcome. So, you know, if I was sad, and I think the gym is a great place for that, right? You can go into the gym with any emotion and kind of, kind of walk out having worked that out a little bit yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. angry if you're sad yeah. if whatever it is and you've used it you've used it to achieve uh, something in the in there if you're angry then whether or not you're angry when you come out if you're still angry when you come out cool but you've used that anger for something productive like you said exactly so i think i think it's in terms of motivation man there's a lot of different motivators it, yep. it could just be i'm fed up with with life or it could be um, I'm not going to quit or it could be I got to do this because you know I will gr- I will regret it if I don't and um, I think it's it, for me it's always just trying to figure out how to tap into a different why different days are going to require yeah. different whys but I, I do uh, agree with you like the power of habits and kind of touching on that element of tapping into your willpower is not something that you want to do too much like I, I think the, the way that I've managed to get this far in the process is by this being such a, a ritualistic habit now that yep. it doesn't really require any, um, it's not that it doesn't require any willpower, but it doesn't require as much willpower as people would think. Yep. And the other hack that I think I picked up from this process is by making it something that I do every day rather than I'm going to do this five days a week or I'm going to do this six days a week. By doing it every single day, you have no wiggle room to yep. negotiate with yourself. It's not like, oh, okay, today can be my rest day or oh, I can, I'll can i just push this over to later on in the week. There is no question about it. It has got to happen regardless yeah. of whether I do it in the morning or I do it in the evening. I've got to make it happen at some point in time. And that actually makes it a lot easier because I'm taking away... Um, any room for 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 failure like i i don't get that space to negotiate with myself i guess okay so i'm a big um advocate of rest okay Mm. so where does that fit in your plan because one of the big things that is um that would be a problem for most people who try to go to the gym every single day is um, overtraining of some form or another, whether that's because they're not eating correctly or they're not uh, resting enough and so on and so forth. Um, but their body cannot just, they, it just can't cope with that level of um, of damage because that's what you're doing when you go to, when you go and train hard for example you uh you are you are shredding your muscles and uh, then they rebuild while you're resting how do you factor that in in order to have maintained it for so long without completely ruining yourself that's the concession that i have to make right is one i can't do certain splits like i can't do a push pull um, okay split like it's, it's just not going to work because come Sunday I'm going to be ruined yeah, I'm going to yeah. actually oh, yeah. be destroyed yeah. the second thing is uh, I can't go 100% all the time I, yeah. I have played around with doing that and I just get so many injuries there was a period of time where I might have had like six or seven different injuries on the go at the same time and so I, I have to kind of put myself in the position where I'm like okay I know that I'm gonna have, be able to train like 70% 70% of my 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 effort level and yep. be very uh, mindful of the splits that I'm doing so I 
purely trained isolation splits, um, which means that obviously because I'm not you know, training as efficiently as I could have. I'm not as big as I could have possibly have been had I, I trained another way. Yep. But I, I guess for me, I'm I'm looking at it from the lens of like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build longevity. Like I, yep. I want to, instead of me going ham and going crazy for a year and, you know, really smashing out the gym, I want to put myself in the position where I'm 35, I'm 40, I'm 50. And I look great because I just have, I'm continuously just chipping away and doing a little bit and that's again another one of the huge lessons that I've learned and I know it's so cliche to say but little and often is incredibly incredibly powerful absolutely like if you do if you do even five minutes of exercise every day that's better than doing like an hour of exercise um you know once a week, once, once a week or once a fortnight or whatever yeah, exactly it's, it's that compound effect it builds up over time and it's also what that then leads to because the consistency itself the momentum you're talking about the weight of momentum behind you kind of driving you forwards and it becomes as like if you went if you if if tomorrow you didn't go to the gym wouldn't that feel really strange it would it would feel really strange yeah (laughs) yeah it would feel really really strange but i think i think the other thing is as well is in doing it this way it changes you by yep. doing by doing something this level of consistent you know this consistently it changes who you are fundamentally as a person yep. so whilst i don't i don't want to miss a day i think deep down in reality i know that um it doesn't it, it's not that it doesn't matter but it doesn't matter because yep. because I'm just going to be able to pick it back up yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. it's it's a little bit it's a little bit different if you're if you're struggling to get that that consistency down. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that with like you know if if something you know God forbid happened and and uh, you weren't able to go to the gym because of uh, you know you you broke your leg or well I, I imagine you'd probably still go and just do upper body. Um, yeah. But the, <laughs> but the um, like if something happened for whatever reason and you were like right I I, I physically cannot get to the gym and and uh, and train you've come so far in that 1200 plus days not just physically but like you're talking about mentally and emotionally that you know we were talking about fault and responsibility and things being outside your control you're not you're not doing this you're doing this to take control of of things that you can take control of and have that um have that that certainty but you've also it's not it's not control in a control freak kind of way where you feel like if you cannot control this if something gets in the way of it all is lost it seems that you've got a um there's that understanding that you've developed over over that amount of time is actually going to serve you when it does or if and when it does happen that 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 there is a break in that in that run of consecutive days and that won't be like the end of the world for you emotionally right a hundred percent. I mean, for me, really, what this comes down to is a lot less to do with going to the gym every single day for one thousand two hundred days. It's more about not quitting. Yeah. For one thousand two hundred days, it's about showing up for yeah. one thousand two hundred days. And for me, you know, if that situation were to arise where I physically cannot, you know, I've done everything that I should have done to try and prepare. Like for example, with the lockdown situation. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, actually, that's a good point. What are you, so, how, are you, how, are you, how are you working around that? So in the lead up to the first lockdown, it was around probably mid, mid-February, mid late February. 
you know, I was seeing everything that was going on in China, the fact that they were in lockdown um, over here, we probably had like 40 cases or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And to me, again, this is coming back to, to, to extreme ownership, but understanding this, the, the pandemic is not my fault. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. cause it, but it is my responsibility. Well, good, that's good to hear, Justin. Glad that you, <laughs> glad that you didn't cause the just, pandemic. Just have this on record. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, Why? What have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> but it is my responsibility. It is yeah. still my responsibility yeah. to reach my goals. And yeah. so it's this, an extreme action that I took, but around that, that point in time, even though we only had like 40, 50 cases, there was a very small possibility, I was like, that we could go into a lockdown as well. So at that point in time, I had already started building a gym at home, picking up squat rack, picking up tons of, you know, weights, um, Olympic bars, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. So that if that did happen, I've put myself in the situation where it's not going to affect me. But what, what I'm basically saying is, if I found myself in a situation where I could not, train i've done everything that i possibly could have done to show up and it still wasn't possible that's fine yeah that's absolutely fine because yeah. i i did my part i did yeah. what i was supposed to do yeah so you 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 could sleep easy knowing that you'd you'd done everything you could in a in a in a situation which was kind of not planned for i'll be honest i never thought that i would use a global pandemic as an example of chaos you know i mm. talk about various challenges that we face i never ever thought that i would ever use that but here we are right like it's it's been the most uncertain year that i think anyone can remember um and having that flexibility and having that understanding that there's always there's always a kind of uh, adjustment that you can make the the it's it's like if you're on a car journey and there's roadworks or there's an accident and there's a diversion you you don't just turn around and go home you follow the diversion or if there's no diversion that's obvious you find a diversion and you still aim for the same destination but you're just going a slightly different way right and you don't if you if you'd got halfway on a five hour journey and you're two and a half hours in and there's a and, and there's a, a a tree down in the road you don't go Oh, I'm just right, going to go. Going I'm home. just going to go home now, <laughs> or I'm just going to stay here. I'm just going to literally just stay here and see if the tree is removed for me. You go right. What can I do? Because otherwise, anything else would be would be stupid. And to use that as an analogy, people go, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense." Because the tree down is not your fault, but it is your responsibility, right? We keep coming back to it. I think the difficult thing, though, in in life is obviously sometimes one you can see that roadblock and not really know how to navigate it. You don't really know how to get past that. Or two, it's, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of motivation to take those steps to, um, to actually make, make that transition or, or, you know, get the, the tree out of the road as it were. Yep. Um, and I think that often is, is can be, can be the, the point where we have a pitfall. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're hundred percent right now. I mean, you touched on, it being your responsibility to kind of reach your goals and stuff like um what are your goals like you talked about long longevity being um being a goal in terms of your training and stuff like that but what what is it that you're actually that you're actually working on what's the what's the end point that you kind of got in mind for for specifically with this with with relation to the gym and i guess yeah this, yeah with, this. with with relation to to training um now the goal really is to just 
stay in the best possible shape that I can. There's there's definitely still some elements where I want to improve a little bit more. Like I want to build out my chest more. I want to build out my legs a little bit more. But I think in the next year or two, that's going to happen anyway. And then yeah. it's just going to be a case of maintaining. But what really is, is becoming my main motivator and my main driver now is having unpicked this story and, and continuing to unpick the lessons behind it. Yeah. And, you know, having started where I started, it's not that I started, you know, at, at um, you know, on the starting line. Like I started in the, in the worst possible place that I could have been. Yeah. And now like the life that I'm living, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. I bounce out of bed in the morning. It's just very, very unusual. And I feel a lot of responsibility to do um, podcasts like this, to speak yeah. to other people, to try and relate those those nuggets of wisdom that I've picked up to others, to be able to empower them to realize that even in a situation like this in 2020, in 2020, on Thursday, on the day when we've just, gone back yeah. into lockdown yeah that today can be a great day and i don't yep. mean a good day or okay i mean this could be the best day of your life yeah. it just it just comes from you looking at life through a specific lens yeah and then taking immediate action when you realize that's the route that i need to go let's just do it let's go and being unafraid to, to fail in the process and knowing that you're you know even if you do get hurt even if you do get broken or whatever it is it's fine because you'll figure it out you'll keep pushing yeah and it's it's not to say that things that things in life aren't shit because yeah there, there will be things which are yes horrible which happen and yes. it's not about put, trying to put a positive spin on it and pretend that those things are, uh, are kind of uh, a positive things or pretend that it's okay when you know you lose a loved one or you're struggling with your mental health or you lose your job or there's a global pandemic again <laughs> using that as an example um <laughs> It's, it's not to say that those are inherently um, oh, things to be chipper about, but it's understanding that there is a there is an opportunity in any of these circumstances. And often the bigger the the bigger the pile of shit, the bigger the opportunity, right? Exactly, exactly. And that that is that is something that I wish I'd learned at a younger age. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it it really is difficult to have that that mindset shift but it yep. just comes from taking those small small actions and kind of again what we were talking about earlier like that thousand foot view of the of the situation and trying to be objective yep. and look at look at it and be like okay yes this year hands down has not been a good year yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but somewhere within it there's an opportunity that I never would have had without it. And that is how you start to look at negativity and be grateful for it. Yeah. Because you're like, I never would have had the, the like for me, for example, I lost, I lost my job earlier on this year, but it finally gave me the motivation to start a business. And now yeah. I work for myself. Yeah. So it's, it's about looking at things and being like, okay, that's the route. And now let me just take it. Well, 20, 2017, for you was was a, a challenging year right we, we've established that that was a real tough year but had had that not happened had that not been that that you wouldn't have had the catalyst to end up on the journey you're at now and exactly. again it's not to say that those things which happened to you were good things but it's to understand no. that not everything that happens to you has to be a good mm. thing in the traditional sense it doesn't have to be a positive thing in the traditional sense and that all sides of that kind of emotional spectrum that we have whether it's happiness and joyfulness and all of that 
that a positive emotion isn't just about being happy all the time it's about embracing like you said the traditionally negative emotions like anger and sadness and understanding that they play a, a role too and that's okay and it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel angry anger gets stuff done right i mean mm-hmm. there's a huge <laughs> amount of no no one if you look at history any leap forward socially or uh, technologically or anything that is, is let forward has come from discontent and anger and um, irritation that something is not the way it should be and and if everyone was just happy all the time then none of that stuff would happen right you exactly. look at the you look at the civil rights movement and you look at the um the the women's suffrage movement they were fucking angry right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and that that resulted in a good thing and so if we can understand more that the, the the way we've been sold positive emotions being yeah. the goal the way the more that we can understand that that's not actually the case and that's a that's just sticking your head in the sand um the more we can accept our emotions and sit with them and feel them rather than trying to ignore them um we'll mm. understand that actually that's all part of it and it's not about being happy all the time it's about uh being balanced a bit more i guess yeah i agree i think i think for me it's, it's about making progress. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter whether the situation is good or whether the situation is bad, as long as there's some way to, 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 to try and make some progress from it. But I agree with you. It, you know, I, I have so many days where I'm just like, I don't, I'm done. I've been to the gym yeah. so many times. I've done this over and over again. Um, but I guess you just, you kind of, yeah, you, you do what you have to do when you need to do it. And yeah. And, and everyone's journey is different, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Not everyone has exactly. to do 1,200 plus days in the gym. No. That's no. just your story, right? <laughs> That's, That's just your story. story. Yeah. Um, mate, uh, we're going we're gonna to have to wrap this up in a second. I did warn you, I did warn you beforehand <laughs> that we could go, and this has happened with a number of the interviews I've done so far. We just go, yeah, this could go on for hours, mate. This could go on for hours. Um, so, like, if you're up for it at some point in the future, mate, I'd love to kind of have you back on and have a chat about some more stuff and see where you're at in the journey then and and really you know drill down into everything a little bit uh, a little bit deeper if you're up for that let's do it i'd love yeah. to do that jay awesome stuff before we uh, before we close off then um if someone's listening to this and they they want to start a consistent routine of something let's say they go i would love to be able to do anything for 1200 days in a row like i i just people are like the only thing I can do that consistently is brushing my teeth and even that's a struggle on some days if they wanted to put a routine in place that they can uh, that they can sustain long term and they want a couple of pieces of advice from someone who has done that what, what would you say should be would be a good starting point what, what would be the advice that you would give I think I think the, the main thing is is looking at is looking at it through the lens of don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about if I if I did that at day that day five hundred. That's when I realised that I wanted to go for a thousand days. Yeah. If I was like, oh shit, I've got five hundred days to go yeah. before I reach my goal. <laughs> wow. I'd be fucked. But if you look at it from the lens of I just need to do it today. Today yep. is really easy to yep. do something today. Is actually I mean as long you know depending on your mental space it can be a little bit more challenging. But in general if you're just looking at it from the lens of, I just need to do it today. And when, as soon as you have the thought of, I need to do this, do it instead of, instead of bargaining with yourself saying, I'll do it in five minutes time. Because when you start doing that, it becomes a lot, lot harder. Sure. If, as soon as you have that thought, take action and that unto itself will, um, 
in the future make it a lot easier to, to step into that behavior. And realistically, from speaking from my own personal experience, like all you need to do is get to around day 70-ish, day yeah. 80, and then you 95% of the time, you don't need to use your willpower anymore. Yes. It's, it's just a habit. Me going to the gym is as much a habit as brushing my teeth, as you said. Yep. There's so many times when I've realized halfway through a set that I'm in the gym, like I've got in the car, I've driven over to the gym, I've got changed, all of that, because it's an automatic behavior. Yep. And that's all that you're working for is that that small window of time where you do have to put in that energy, you do have to use that motivation to just let it become something that's automatic. Yeah, that's, that willpower and the motivation is not something to rely on long term. It's something to rely on at the start to get exactly. you to a point where, like you said, things have become more more automatic. Um, so, yeah, like, well, I mean, some of the things that you were saying there are very similar to what I teach in terms of, you know, focusing on that next step rather than the entire journey. Just going, right, I've, all I've got to do is go today and breaking it down into, um, into a, a kind of almost... A, a real small part so rather than thinking about going to the gym put on your put on your trainers and that seems yeah. less less yeah. less challenging right but then once you've got them on you're probably going to go to the gym exactly that's it that's it it's it's literally it's you have to play mind games with yourself sometimes yeah. you've got yeah. you to lie to yourself and just like, be like humans humans are weird that's that's if there's one thing i've learned more than anything else in life humans are weird our brains are weird um and once you start getting into it and start understanding them a little bit more you can uh you can work with it yeah. <laughs> i think 100 percent, 100 percent mate honestly thank you so so much for joining me today jack um i've really enjoyed it i've learned a lot um thanks for sharing your story and i'm sure that everyone's uh everyone's enjoyed hearing your insights and uh what i'll do as well is i'll i'll pop your uh, your instagram link and stuff in the description so people can uh can find you is that the pl best place to find your instagram yeah best place yeah, is instagram cool. yeah Cool. So I'll, I'll bung that in the uh, in the in the description. So anyone listening to this, if you're listening to this on Anchor or on Spotify, then the link will be there. If you're listening to it on Apple or something like that, it won't be for some reason because the links don't work. Uh, but if you look for Jack Gerard on um, on Instagram, you shall find him. And it's Jack with two Ks. It is uh, Jack with two it's Ks. It's Jack yeah. with two Ks. But yeah, there we go. Right, nice one, buddy. And I'll chat to you again soon, mate. All the best, Jay. Cheers. Th Thanks. Thank you for listening to Fit Body, Fit Mind with me, Jay Unwin. If you aren't already connected with me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook, then you can find all the links in the podcast description or on my website at fitbodyfitmind.online. Until next time, stay fit, stay well and have fun.